Listener Production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis and welcome to The Wellness Collective, the podcast dedicated to helping women feel happier, healthier and better. I'm a natural women's health expert with over 17 years experience and I'm passionate about helping women feel great in their bodies and minds. On this podcast, I cut through all the noise in the wellness space by interviewing experts from around the globe to discover the very best ideas and theories that will help you improve every aspect of your health. And just a note before we get into this episode, in case you missed it, there's been a little bit of change at the Wellness Collective recently. Our beloved Cecilia Ramsdale has decided to leave the podcast to pursue other passions, which is why it's just my voice you're hearing. But don't worry, the Wellness Collective lives on. I'll still be bringing you fascinating interviews every single week, like the one you're about to hear now. Well, here we are with season two of the Wellness Collective, and I am so excited to be here. And of course, as always, continue to bring you guys fresh and fun and new information. But you know what I really am excited about is creating more curiosity for you guys. How can we create information or you hear information and then you start to wonder, hmm, is there something in this for me? Is You know, it might be a new idea or something that you've heard of, but you haven't been quite, I don't know, able to dive in a little bit more. So here we are to have these conversations and no better to kick off this next season than my dear friend Lola Berry, who is no stranger to the Wellness Collective. I'm excited to talk to Lola, who is fresh off a plane from LA in hotel quarantine in Sydney, but excited to talk to her all about all things long distance relationships and traveling. I'm excited to talk to her about her new book, Fearlessly Failing. And we go right into this idea of, you know, overnight success, but also being a failure and how we look at the percentages of when we fail and when we succeed and how chances are you've probably failed way more times than you've actually been successful. But we, we're really good at f- focusing on the failures, but how do we turn them into a superpower? Talk to her also about dealing with trolls. She calls them dingoes when it comes to her social media and, of course, how we can actually just reset when we are feeling like the world has got too much I'm really excited to invite Lola Berry to this next episode of The Wellness Collective. Lola, third time on The Wellness Collective. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today all the way from hotel quarantine. People that have listened to previous episodes, we've had you on and our audience or my audience now love you. So I'm so grateful that you've joined us again. But You've been moving all around the world as of late and talk to me. How's that been? I mean, I feel really, really lucky to have even had that opportunity. But like to be completely honest with you, Nat, like I worked on my green card for five years and I know you knew that. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of legal stuff. It's full on. But to activate it, you have a very specific six-month window. So I had to go over in May this year and... um, activate and so I did all the kind of like legalities to I literally have this great it's literally a green card it looks like a driver's license but it's a green card with an American flag on it and the Statue of Liberty it's very cool um because I, I went over and got that and that's what I was doing and then I stayed put as long as I could before my Australian book 
has come is coming out. So I've had to kind of come back to promote that. Otherwise, I would have stayed put a bit longer, to be honest, because it's just so expensive to travel into Australia right now, and it's just so hard for everyone. I was on four flights; the rest were bumped. You know, it was a yeah. fourth one lucky. And that's so stressful as well. And oh. I do want to talk about a little bit about that traveling and keeping well, like healthy. You know, I think one of the things that you're definitely recognised for is nutrition and well-being, and and you tick a lot of those boxes. Being outside of your regular regime, talk to me. Like, what was the first thing you did when you got to LA to sort of kick those wheels in motion? Oh, funny question. I don't know. Like for me, like I guess. Well, I was did nothing lucky. change? You just did the same thing. It's just different, different change of location, but same. Same office. Uh, I, I, the first thing I did was like go for a hike because I lived in an area called Los Feliz, which is means happy, I think, um, in Spanish. It's a beautiful area, but it's at the base of Griffith Park. So I hiked up to the observatory and that was like the iconic LA moment where you're looking across at the Hollywood sign and you're standing at the observatory and it's very la-la land because so much is shot there and there's a statue of James Dean. Like it's just very... Cool. And that was one of the first things I did, I did was like a hike from my house to the top. Of and did you pinch yourself at the top? I still do. <laughs> every every day I would drive back from acting school because I've You drove training. yourself? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've, I've got my Cali ID. I was going to go for my licence but um, it was going to take too long before I had to get on a flight. But, yeah, I, I would drive back from acting school every well, – I'd go twice a week and you're driving home and you're just looking at the Hollywood sign driving home. Like every day that would like – I would pinch myself looking at that. That was every like a day. dream, right? Dream come true. Yeah, huge one, yeah. So exciting. But it's also so inspiring to watch because we can have big hopes and big dreams but we can also feel like they're just too hard. How do we execute that? How do we make that happen? And I think it's really lovely for people to hear that this was probably not five years in the making, more like 10 years in the making. Yeah, well, you've known me for young it's been my dream since I can kind of remember. And, like, you know that feeling of what you were just describing of having hopes and dreams but they feel so far away? I still feel that way about, like, being an actor on a TV show, like that feels really far away from me. But now I guess I, I, I'm, I trust a lot more and I've got so much hope and I tr- trust and believe in myself. I would have, and until I went to America, I would never have introduced myself as an actor ever. I would have been so embarrassed, even though I've been training for four years straight. And now I'd be like, yeah, I'm an actor and TV host, no problem, like introducing myself as that. Even though people know me as nutritionist, I don't care. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's just it's just also owning it. But I think it probably does take, well, it takes many years, like you've just said, to get to that point of being confident and comfortable. But you did that. No one else did that for you. Yeah. I, uh, look at you. You're good. Uh, <laughs> I guess, um, I guess for me as well, like, I'm very like goal driven and whatnot, but I've had help. Like I have mental health support and, and, you know, I have people around me that are my like ride or dies that will give it to me straight and tell me how it is and hold me accountable. Like I have a really good friend in LA, her name is Mo and I pitched to her. I wrote a pitch deck for my own TV show, like hosting it. And she was like, this is awesome, but you need to write a um, comedy drama and you need to write it now. And I was like, what? I, I couldn't write myself into a show. And she's like, do it. And so I think having people around you that get you, and now since then I've written five pilots, you know what I mean? Like that get you out of your you comfort zone. you got your zone. juices flowing. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. We all need those people though, but they are hard to find and sometimes it's not, you know, we don't want to hear it either. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's confronting and scary but amazing and awesome all at the same time. I love that so much. The other thing that I think everyone's loved watching is firstly you being so happy in your relationship with Matt, but then the long-distance relationship. I think that's not easy. And so talk to me because when I met, well, not met you, but when I first knew that you wanted to do this, you were single. And so it was a different scenario. And then all of a sudden you know you're going to do this and is it almost like in your head you go, oh, that's typical, I find love and then I've got to go. How funny. Uh, Well, I was the second Matt and I met on a dating app on Bumble and, like, from the moment we were messaging, I was like, yeah, I'm going for my green card. Right, so it was part of it. Like, I was pretty yeah. put all my cards on the table. I think, like, most girls are like, do you want kids? Do you want to get married? And I'm like, listen, I'm going to America, okay? (laughs) And so I just think um, from the get-go, him and I were so honest with each other and he was like, look, if you still want to go, I will fully support you. I will be there for you. I, he, and he was like, I want to stay in Byron for this first one because also we're in pandemic. Like right. it's so expensive and hard to travel right now. And it's it's a bit eerier flying right now. Like it's a little bit like my flight home was 17 people. Oh, no, you know, that. like it's a bit scarier. Totally. But also do you feel like maybe in other relationships I, I, I think that there's something to be said about this because I never forget when my, my hus- now husband and I went on our second date, I literally laid it all out. I was like, listen, I'm not here to muck around. I've dated a lot of guys. I'm over it. I really want to settle down. I want to have children. If you do too, great. But if you don't, that's fine. You can go now. Like go now while you can type of thing. And I think it was because I was almost at a point where I had nothing to lose and I was really transparent, whereas often we go into relationships, especially when, you know, we're searching for that and we want to hold our cards close to our chest because we don't want to upset the other person, we don't want to, you know, scare them off, scare them off, make them think that you're a, you know, ambitious, crazy person or whatever and I think there's something to learn in that for people that might be listening that are still searching that it's, it's, a, it's so important to be transparent. Yeah, and I've, I remember that story. You've told me that story before. Of, um, I was really, guys. really blunt. I was so fed up with men at that point, truly. <laughs> like, just... Well, I told I told Bosso on my second date that I had a therapist because I dated someone that had judged me for that right beforehand and negatively judged me for it. And he said, I find that, Bosso said, I find that so attractive. I know, I was just going to say, he would just too. be like, I'd find that, like, he'd love that. I love it though. Yeah, we work, and we have both, like, onto the long distance thing, both him and I have absolutely loved it and grown and we've worked on different areas in our relationship as a result of it and we feel close and we feel like teammates more than ever and even my therapist is like it's a really great thing to do in a healthy relationship and you feel like you've got this teammate but you're also fiercely independent and I'm learning that that's a really important value for me I need to feel like I'm independent as well and I often refer to myself as a wolf like a lone wolf and it's just because I love like knuckling down and doing the work on my own I enjoy that feeling. I love that too because this is who you are and this is what you do and you'll always do that I identify with that, but in the opposite sense that I was a mother of two children and started traveling a lot for back and forth to the US and did that for however many years. Haven't done that obviously since we've been in pandemic, but 
the judgment that comes with that of a you know how about your husband how about your children and what's been very interesting is Chris will even say you are a better person for traveling and doing all of those things and when you're doing it you're happier and also we love it when you're here but we also love it when you're not here yeah, <laughs> the best totally. of both oh, worlds yeah. right yeah, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, not yeah, acceptable yeah. it's so not acceptable but from a society perspective of, well, hang on, if you're missing, what's he going to do? What are they going to do? They need their mother or they need their, whoever it is. And it's like, well, actually you just make it work for you. Oh, totally. And also the amount of people that are like, what's Matt going to do? What's, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like Matt (laughs) can decide what Matt wants to do. And of course we've got a bit of a plan, but like when we first got together, like I did so much work around not dropping expectations. And so everything is a bonus. Like we have an incredible home in Bangalore and which is just like the hinterland of Byron Bay. And, you know, we have built that together and and I feel lucky that I share that with Matt. So I just don't think you need, like there needs to be no labels on like, well, you've got to be together a certain amount of time. It's like you guys do you. Every relationship is its own little entity and I think that's special. I love what you said there about dropping expectations. I sent out an email last night about this one life hack and it's that exactly that, dropping expectations at the moment, especially I think for many of us, we have this expectation or we keep being told that there's certain outcomes that are going to happen and we're going to reach certain targets and then that doesn't happen and the expectation's not met and we're constantly in this perpetual state of of wanting and hoping but not ever it's not being fulfilled and I really feel like not just in relationships but just in life right now dropping expectation is the most freeing thing you you can do because you get to live in the moment right yeah and you it's weird but you hold yourself more accountable because you're not relying on other people for stuff and you're never disappointed you're just like oh how cool everything is like a bonus and everything is like a surprise and and yeah, it's, fr- it's freeing. It's so freeing. Very, very. I, absolutely. I do. I love that. Did you feel like, um, I imagine that eventually you don't want this to be the case, but did you feel like LA home was temporary or d- were you able to make it something that felt more permanent? Oh, no, that felt super permanent. I had to do, like, it was legality. Like, I when I got to customs, I shit you not, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, you can swear. but... Yeah, I shit you not, I <laughs> handed over 15 kilograms of paperwork. Yes. Like that's what I had to do at customs and it was just like mental because my first case got rejected so I had two full green card cases with me. And then um, like getting all the paperwork, getting my Cali ID, driving. Like I was, I lived in a beautiful neighbourhood and my car battery got stolen out the front of my house one day, you know, and I just went to start it and it wouldn't start. And so like I definitely felt like I was living the LA quintessential life and I was, like I was in school, I was training twice a week minimum and then I was rehearsing. So I definitely felt like I was, um, it didn't feel temporary at all. In fact, it felt like, almost hard to come back because I had found such a groove. I had found, you know, really beautiful people to be around. So, no, no, it felt like home. That's good. But you, but now you're home. <laughs> yeah. For a little while. And yeah. I guess the plan is to make both home. 
Definitely, yeah. Mm. The goal is um, Byron Bay in LA, the ultimate goal. Matt, Matt said, my boyfriend says, you're living the dream, yes. you're living the ultimate dream. And I was like, it's not as easy as you'd think, mate, getting flights and getting um, travel declarations everywhere you go. Like it was it was a real, real um, anxiety-ridden journey getting home. Like it was really hard because people were getting bumped off their flight up until the day of the flight. So it was really scary. Like you've spent all this money on a flight you don't know if you're staying or leaving. You don't know if you should be paying for another month's rent or right. uh, leasing your car for longer. So it was a really weird time. But I feel like, and I said this to Matt, I was like, I think it's taught me resilience and strength and that I can troubleshoot things. Like usually I'll just stress out and throw a bit of a tanty. And I was like, I can't do that because I'm on my own here. So it definitely taught me to troubleshoot. I've seen your Virgo characteristics. They're strong. Yeah, I'm triple Virgo, control and lists, and I've got a whiteboard I here in quarantine. I saw the whiteboard. It looks amazing. <laughs> um, I don't want to go too much into this, but you would have had to deal with what, a lot of what you call dingoes, which yeah. are AKA trolls, after you were publicly talking about uh, straight up getting into LA and getting your vaccine. And I don't really want to talk about that, but I want to talk more about you being able to deal with that and come past that. Was there anything stand out that you were able to kind of just turn them off? Did you just ignore them? Um, as much as you try and ignore them, they're still there. Like, how was that? Oh, yeah, but I've even got trolls coming back, like flying really? back to Australia. I've been smashed and people are like, how insensitive of oh. you to be um, coming back to Australia? And I'm like, shit. Like, and that's why I'm trying to be so honest about my whole journey and it'd be like, this has been five years in the making. This was a legal flight. Like, this wasn't like, woo, I just yeah. want to go and party in Palm Springs. Right. This is like, I am here to legally activate this green card. And if I lose it, I will never get one in my lifetime ever again. And so I've tried to be really open the whole way. The vaccine thing, like I knew I was going to get smashed for that, being a nutritionist and being in the health and wellness world, but I wanted to be honest about my experience. And I was also in a country where it was so prevalent and there were the rates of death were so right. high. And I just knew also like you can't get into acting school without vaccine ID. You can't get into some restaurants without ID. You can't do a lot without your vaccine ID. So for me, it was a no brainer. I was always planning on getting it. Um, I mean, some of the feedback was naff, like a bit full on, right. but I mean, I get that it triggers people. Like, yeah, I, I'm not I here to hurt people. The other know? thing too is people are just triggered in gen- general. You can write, I love pineapple, and you'll be like, well, what yeah. about oranges? It's not fair yeah. for the oranges. <laughs> Pineapples are way better than oranges. <laughs> they are, definitely. Mm-hmm. But it's it's very interesting. Um, I, I'm fi- I find the same thing, that there's always one or two that have this really passionate argument that they're very like, and you're like, you do you, babe. I'm doing me. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm all like, Nat, my whole thing is like, just be real. So, like, yeah. I'm always going to share what I'm doing. That's probably always going to ruffle feathers. I didn't expect my flight home to ruffle feathers as much as it Yeah, has. that's interesting. But I mean, eventually we're all going to need to start to move around eventually and get on with it. So, um, yeah, that is interesting. And you can't always know until you post it and then see the feedback. You're like, I never, never anticipated a flight would trigger. But let's talk about your book because I'm excited for this. When does it come out? November 1. I wish you had a copy, but I have not even got my copy yet. Right. Otherwise, I'd be holding it up right now. I don't even, we don't have it for like another, I think, week because I'm doing my book signing in quarantine. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm signing all my booktopia stocking. And then they've got to sit there for 14 days and quarantine themselves. Look, the book talks, it's called Fearlessly Failing. And obviously, you know, 
I think the title speaks for itself. But let's talk about failure because I want to know. Uh, let's start at the top. What's the biggest thing? What's the biggest thing you've ever failed at? Oh, mate, how long have we got? Yeah, well, you know, I know it's a really hard question, but there's got to be a couple of standouts, right? Yeah, sure. Like definitely bringing out the diet plan, stop being a fat bitch was a big one. Um, That really ruffled a lot of feathers. And I can understand I fucked up totally. What were you trying to, but you, I mean, I know you and you were probably just trying to be raw. So my business partner said, we can't call it Lola's four-week diet plan. It, that's boring. And, and I'd just gone through a breakup and I'd binged a family-sized block of Marvelous Creations. Oh, we know about them. You and I are fans of the Marvelous Creations. Yes, can't get it in America. <laughs> um, figured that one out. It's um, the raspberry. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> all of it, mate. Sign me, <laughs> sign me up. Um, and... Yeah, and I'd just binged that. I'd gone through a breakup and I said, I wish I could call it Stop Being a Fat Bitch because that's how I feel right Right. now. And he said, oh, my God, we need to change women's mental dialogue about their bodies. And I was like, no, 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 I'll get smashed. He's like, trust me. Um, So we, we called it Stop Being a Fat Bitch, Change Your Mental Dialogue, Change Your Life. And it just got like straight away like there was a article that came out career suicide um current affair ran stories on it um there was a hashtag bin the berry and people would put photos of my books in the bin like like as in take oh, photos wow. of my books in the bin yeah and i i stuffed up i apologize and i still to this day am very sorry for what i did but it was a very human mistake very much so and um that was probably like one of the biggest failures that taught me so much you know like I felt very alone. I felt like I was flying very, very blind. Other very famous health influencers were like talking down, like using it to like prop up themselves and like posting about it. And I was like, whoa, I thought these guys were like my stable mates, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you remember the people that have got you back in a, in a moment like that. So, and it wasn't much, you know? So um, that was tough, but also like a beautiful lesson in resilience and also a lesson in humility and realising that I'd totally done the wrong thing. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's many more and that's the thing. Then I want to ask you if that being fully transparent was your biggest, well, standout, one of the standout biggest failures, biggest success. Yes, being fully transparent is being my biggest success, I would say. Yeah. So I wouldn't call that a failure. I would call the diet plan a failure, but um, biggest success probably just backing myself and like actually liking who I am as a human being and not feeling like I need to conform to society's expectations. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's. I think also now we get to a point, it's so nice to get to a point where you can actually absolutely back yourself but also look around and go, I've got this, like... I can, I can be who I am. I can say what I feel. And also you've learned along the way how to do that in a way that is complimentary rather than ruffling feathers most of the time. We're still going to happen, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, totally. But you know, one thing I learned, which is a really interesting topic because of your career, but um, in Australia, the question I get asked all the time is like, oh, you're 36 now, like you haven't got any kids, you're going to freeze your eggs, which just there's nothing wrong with freezing your eggs. It just doesn't feel like something I want to do when I'm 
don't know which country I'll be in at certain times. And um, in America, women like 43, 44, that's when they're having kids. And it's so inspiring, Nat. Like, whereas here it's like, oh, you're getting, you're getting too old. Nobody brought up my age once when I was in America and not around my fertility at all. And my mum's actually been really awesome with that. She's a nurse and she's like, talk to me after 40 if you're right. really stuck. And she's like, you're healthy. I don't want you worrying. Exactly. But um. I get asked this question all the time. Should I freeze my eggs? And I think, should you? I don't know, but you should really just put your health as a priority and that's the best insurance policy and being, yeah, happy and healthy. And I think that that once, the minute you start to make your health a priority, your fertility automatically follows suit. Like it's it's just a side effect and a good one. You can't separate them. I just really love seeing, I met so many people in America that are like, yeah, I'm 44, I'm having a baby this year. And I'm like, how cool. Like, I just love that that social expectation was smashed over there and it just made me feel really free to just like be on the journey that I'm on right now. And I, yeah, I just, I'm excited to share that with you because I think, I imagine you know that already, but like I think in Australia, it's like, oh, at thirty-seven, this amount of eggs are right. effed up, and like, and which I just, does that nothing only- to, other than feed the fears, right? <laughs> which has I spend more. Of my, I say this all the time. I spend the majority of my time helping women believe in themselves, not necessarily fixing their hormones. Totally, right? I would one hundred percent agree. But also, I, I-, I think fast forward, you know, we're comparing ourselves to what women did. 20, 30, 40 years ago, and we're not that anymore. Mm. So, you, you know, I actually do think you can have your cake and eat it too, but it, it, there's shifts in priorities that happen at a time when you're ready, but if you can do as much as you can to preserve your health, then you'll be fine. It's, it's so, but that's really, really inspiring. Talk to me then for those that are listening going, oh, yeah, okay, here you are, and you're saying, you know, failures, successes, what, if you had to think about a percentage, could you put them into percentage, failures and successes? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'd say I fail 80% of the right. time. I love yeah. this, but I think this is yeah. so important because people that are watching on that know you or that w- watch anybody's highlight reel, aka Instagram, is you're seeing the majority still of successes. I think we've gotten better at being more transparent, definitely, and there's people that definitely do a good job of being transparent on um, anywhere publicly, especially social media, but you are seeing a lot of the highlights, right? Yeah, but this is why I've fallen so in love with podcasting because I think podcasting, because it's long form, it's just so much fun to gabber and just fucking, you know, be honest and just have a have mm-hmm. a chit chat. Um, but yeah, I think like that's why I think transparency is like king, like it is key. And I just think being really open. And I think like this, this is going to sound like a really weird segue right now, but I am obsessed with Harry Styles. Okay. Um, And it's not because he's Harry Styles. Well, it is, he's a king, like Harry Styles is effing amazing. But um, he's so unapologetically himself. He is a, he's a sex symbol for so many different age groups. He, he feels like super gender fluid to me. Um, and I love that that is what kids are growing up seeing as an icon right now. And I don't, I have no idea why I've just segued here, but I just think like we're at this point now where like truth is being celebrated by people and and I love that, that that there are icons out there that are just like unapologetically themselves and they don't need to fight 
for who they are or their value system. They just are. And I love, I am loving witnessing this shift of the next generation below us, you know, like your daughter would be growing up, hopefully a Harry Styles fan, I would hope. Yes. <laughs> you know they, what I mean? They, like, they I are it. so different to us though, like in... And so we've done something right. Like we're setting an amazing example, I think, for this next generation in terms of body confidence and even just being themselves, not having to be somebody else. I I don't have a lot to compare to. I think Livy is possibly more of a free spirit than I ever realised. So she doesn't really generally care what other people think, which I think is hilarious. But just even seeing teenagers and what they wear and how they're like happy and healthy in their skin, I would have never ever have felt confident that age? Oh, and at drama school, like in America, they're like, hey, um, hey, like I'd be like, hey, I'm all of these, my pronouns. So you say your pronouns from the get-go and I love it. I love it so, like I feel so lucky to be in the industry of arts where who you are is just celebrated and accepted. It's not like, you know, like even our parents' generation, like I, I explained to my dad what pronouns were and what they mean and, and that's beautiful that he's interested as well. Right. But I just feel so lucky that where, and especially in like, because I'm so in the arts industry now, but like I love just seeing it and I, yeah, it just, it just to me is so, so inspiring as, as a human, just mm. witnessing other humans just being. Love that so much. Why did you decide to write the book? So I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to write another <laughs> Funny book. Funny that. I, it's the eleventh, by the way. We should yeah. point out. It's a pretty good effort. My publisher called me up and she was like, "I think you know we can do a book around your podcast. It's got the same name." And I was like, "Meh, I'm going to America. I don't want to have to come back without. Like, I don't want to start my life in America and then jump back, which is exactly what I've done." And um, you also probably didn't foresee. <laughs> the last two years so to play out the way they yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, and it costs a house mortgage to come home. Right. Um, and I said, no, 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 no. Like I'm, I'm done with Australian books and publishing. Like I've, I've had a great run and I'm happy. Um, I want a fresh start, clean slate. And she's like, look, I think there's a book in this. And I said, well, I'm not writing another recipe book. I feel like leave them to people that have got more passion for that. That's not my calling anymore. And she's like, no, no, I want it to be more personal development memoir style. And I was like, okay. And I was reading Green Lights at the time, which is Matthew McConaughey's beautiful, incredible memoir. And he's, I love that cover and, I, yeah, he's amazing. He watched one of my Insta stories while I, I was in saw, America. I, saw, and I, I feel like a, no, did I not know that? I'm thinking about someone else. Anyway, that's Marbles. very exciting. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, nah. whether it was him or his assistant, who knows? We'll never know. Um, <laughs> anyway, I was like, oh, I think that could be really cool. And then I wrote the manuscript in lockdown one in Victoria because I was in, I was meant to be in America and my flights got cancelled, of course, and so I knew I had six months in Australia and I just wrote it, delivered it November last year and then knew that I'd have to get to America within six months and so we timed it so that it would come out. We wanted it to come out this year because next year I'll be in America and I was like it just makes more sense to kind of like um, do it in this year. But funnily enough it probably would have been easier to promote and tour with next year but 
you know, I'm just rolling with it. I think how lucky that I've even got a book coming out. But yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't intend on it to happen, but I love it. My favorite chapter is human behavior because it's everything I've learned at acting school. It's so cool. So I love cool. that you've been able to bring that into the book as well. There's a whole chapter on it, whole chapter on human behavior, why humans do things, the way our brain works, the way our neurochemistry works. And it's everything I learned in acting school. Fascinating. I love oh, yeah, that. brains are my thing, mate. If I wasn't, if I didn't work in entertainment industry, I would have specialised in brains as a nutritionist for sure. Really? Wow. Love I just, I, I do. I love that. Um, and what else? So the book it talks about your own personal story, obviously. Yeah. And then insights for people about, yeah. obviously, their brain. <laughs> but what yeah, else? But there's a toolkit. So I talk about the power of acupuncture and like all You've things. You've had some of that before. Love yes. That. <laughs> um, so I talk about different things like schools and um, methods I've tried for looking after my own health. Then there is a whole section on heartbreak. So I open up about a lot of heartbreak. Um, there's a whole section on fear and how fear works, failure. I write in the actual heartbreak bit, there's this really bit that was really hard to write, but like I admitted to being a narcissist at times of my life because like, I was like, shit, like I've got narcissistic qualities and I interviewed one of my favourite authors about it. And so, I, yeah, it's just a bit of ev- like it's really a bit of everything, but the goal is that people can pick it up and be like, oh, my God, that's really like I want it to help people. I want it to be a toolkit that people can use, but also like hopefully a little bit inspiring, but also like a bit of personal story too. Like it's an honest chit-chat about the last, you know, few years of my life. Totally. So you mean, sorry to backtrack for a second, but when you were living in Victoria and writing the book and you were planning on going to the US, you then knew you weren't going to the US. You didn't talk about that, did you? I I wrote about it. It's in the book. So basically, But at, publicly at the time, you'd kept that sort of under wraps just in case it didn't happen? I think so. I'm trying to think. I, like, I, I don't remember seeing it, but I mean, I, now I sound like a stalker, but I feel like there's certain people you... Well, one of the reasons I love watching what you put out there is because it is so authentic. So you're definitely, you know, whenever I see new stories in that that top part, <laughs> you always click on it. Um, but I, I, I mean, what I'm trying to say is it's just a great demonstration of the fact that it is a highlight reel and we're not always sharing everything. There's also a legal side to it. Right. So like um, American Customs and Border Security is no joke. Yeah. And so um, saying, hey, I've got a green card when you don't, can be really dangerous and, a, you know, a lot of Australians have lost visas for that reason mm. and for saying, hey, I'm going over for pilot season and they're really only on an ESTA and they're not on the right kind of visa right. and so you can get in a lot of trouble. Um, and so the advice my lawyer had given me was to, until I am on American soil, not to say shit. Right. And I didn't. I waited to, I didn't post, like I, I remember the image I posted of um, the Dep- international departures in Sydney. I posted that after I had handed over that 15 kilos of paperwork. I was standing in LAX terminal collecting my suitcase and I hit post. So, yeah, I waited fully until I was in the clear. And even my boyfriend said to me, he goes, oh, my God, the moment I got that text from you, I, he's like, I knew the rest of your life. We're talking about entire life here. Like, mm-hmm. and so that's why I'm happy to talk about it now. But every podcast I did, if anything about the green card came up, I'd get it edited out because I just didn't want to ruin my chances. And I was being so, so careful because I'd also spent a lot of money getting it and yeah. having a lawyer and, um, 
like I said, my case got rejected initially. It was slightly. I mean, I was watched part of it um, and that was painful for you, having to, you know, and stressful and expensive and all of that. And again, someone who is likes to be transparent and wants to share that information and not being able to is also it's a little bit asphyxiating for you not to be able to do that. Yeah, no, I just wanted to do what was legally right. Like this hot, every step of this way and even being here in Australia right now, like um, I did an interview about why I'm here just before this podcast and like I have legally crossed every T and dotted every I and that's how I do business. And so if that means I need to sign an NDA for something or something is embargoed, I have no problem with that. And as you know as well, like, I have a podcast and you'll often interview actors and people that are high profile that will be like, hey, I've done an interview with this person. I was so excited to interview them. I was so nervous and I had researched their um, profile really heavily and I knew they were working on a current project, which was massive, and they stopped the interview halfway through and they said, you need to pull that out right now. That is embargoed. And it like fully changed the interview. I was like, fuck if I screwed everything up. You know, I didn't know them before. And, you know, for me it's just like... I think people see me as like quite whimsical and hippie and I love all of that and I am those things. But at the end of the day, like I take my business very seriously and I would never do anything to jeopardise it. Of course. Yeah, totally. Um, Before I let you go, one more thing I have to ask. What is, in your opinion, the best reset when the world just gets too much? Oh, this is going to sound like a really nerdy response and maybe not that. I love going to the movies and I know people can't do that lockdown right now, but like create that at home. Pick your favourite movie to watch on Netflix, get some popcorn going, sit down, brew a tea, put a candle on. Like for me, because my dream is to work in the entertainment industry, and be in a movie one day, I love, like, when I the, when I see the credit, you know, the start when it's, like, Lionsgate or um, Paramount or whatever and you hear the, that official the music. music, yeah, that first 15 seconds, that gets me so excited because I'm like, one day maybe it's going to be a film I'm in. <laughs> and so I just, like, black everything. I have to black the whole house out. I sit down, I watch this movie and I just get so excited about the experience of that, and so it would for me. It's always watching a movie, which sounds really counterintuitive. No, that's like, awesome. No, I actually really just wanted. I love the fact that it's not a cliche. Yeah, there you it's go. not cliche at all. It's like, oh, okay, this is good one, and it's something that we could all do it or try on and see if it works at for home, us. At home in lockdown, you can still do it. Uh huh. Well, yes, exactly. Now, book comes out November first of November. I just made that up. First, first yeah, of no, November. No, you're psychic. Yeah. So excited for that, and can't wait to support you more, everyone. I'll put obviously in the show notes where to find Lola. But I know our audience eat up everything that you've got to say. So uh, I'm sure everyone's really, really excited for this because it's different. It's new. It's different. It's not your usual. It's not an not an eleventh cookbook. That makes it scary though, dude. Like what if everyone's like, fuck this, Lola's got no idea about personal development and I'm like, because ah. it's not whimsical and it's not hippie. It is like honest. It is direct. It is tough at times. It is, yes, I want to be your cheerleader, but I also want to be honest with you. So I'm going to give you tough love, you yeah, know, it yes, is yes. It's more that vibe. Love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I know that everyone will definitely rush out, buy your book, support you. And if you're not following Lola, go and do it because it's highly entertaining in a good way, in a refreshing way, in an honest way, which I absolutely love. Thank you. Oh, love, Nat. You're awesome. I never really thought about going to the movies 
to reset. You know, we talk about grounding, putting our feet on the soil, which I guess Lola did. She went for a, a hike the minute she got to LA. I guess if I think about what I would like to do or what I do to reset, I clean things out, whether it's my handbag or it's the nasty pile in my house. We call it the nasty pile. I'm pretty sure everyone's got either a nasty pile or a nasty drawer or even clean out the pantry or the microwave. It just feels like that gives me a reset. And whilst I'm doing it, I find it really sparks creativity. Anyway, as always, hope that you have loved this episode with Lola today. Please go ahead and throw the podcast a rating. I would love to hear what you loved about it. You can connect with us on social media, of course, as always. And yeah, if there's somebody that you would like us to feature or perhaps even just a topic that you're curious about learning more, that's it for this episode. I'm very excited to continue to find more guests for you guys. And of course, continue to, like I said, spark curiosity, but also as always, I hope that this episode has left you feeling happier, healthier and better. Listener.